And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Thinking through it, and I honestly, I mean, for me, we we built this program on NIL. We really did, and and I, it's probably different than what you're thinking, though. We we built this program uh, in God's name, image, and likeness. And that's how I look at it. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman and I would say special guest Andy Staples Show, but this really is the Andy Staples Show and Friend Feeds. We're live on YouTube and that, of okay, course... Guy, guys, was, do you know who the original recruiting coordinator was? God. Jesus Christ? It was Jesus. That's right. <laughs> he was the first recruiting coordinator. How do we think... Has Dabo had that in his back pocket all year, or did he just walk up to the podium and oh, then just come out? That smile says he has been waiting Dude, so he, long. There's, it's not that he's been waiting. I think that he uh, um, was rehearsing that in a mirror today before he went out there. Oh, like he, the, worked, he it was that George it W for sure. That George W. Bush, and not exactly how you think about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that was my favorite part of the day. I mean, it was it was a pretty crazy day, like like always is on on the first day of the early signing period. But that that was some good stuff, and uh, really on brand too, you know. And it's so funny too because I was like looking through, um, you know, Clemson's class, and I think I even sent you a screenshot of the Twitter header for the quarterback Andy. I don't know if you saw yep. it. Oh yeah, uh, Chris uh, Vazina has his cover photo of God knows exactly what he's doing, and it's like. You know, people like us are gonna, you know, joke about it or whatever. Oh and, no, that that's very much part of their program, and and yeah, one of the things they get kids to buy into and, it, and they and they get kids that are that are like minded, and guess what? It works. It creates a very good culture that wins lots of games. Yeah, but, yeah. But I, as I think it remains to be to me, seen. Ari, yeah. as you pointed out to me today, what's their class, tenth or eleventh? We're talking about Dabo's nil comments. We're not talking about his lowest ranked class in, in several years too. So yeah, you know, it's like the, the God NIL brought uh, Dabo Sweeney, the 11th best class in the country this year. So, you know, the, the, uh, the past is the past. And I've been on high alert about Clemson's direction for two years now. And I think this is another step in the wrong direction. Um, but, you know, if he goes out and develops like he's developed in the past and, you know, Vizina turns into the next Trevor Lawrence and, you know, they've got defensive linemen in this class that aren't highly rated that turn out to be um, studs like some of the guys that they've had in the past and Peter Woods. And, you know, I mean, there's there's elements to it for sure. But, you know, I I just it's hard to buy stock in that program right now. Yeah, there's six, been six, for two years. six top 125 guys, like you mentioned, like Woods and the in Vizina. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are definitely some high end caliber guys there. So, um, you know, it remains to be seen. But. I think the story of the day, guys, what do you think? Oregon? I think it's got to be Oregon oh, football. Yeah. Ori, Ari, you wrote a column about it. My keyboard was still smoking after editing it. Um, 
but it was it was rational, and I mean, you were you were passionate about it. Why don't you kind of share with with uh, the kind of the folks yeah. what, what you wrote about? And we're still like waiting for Peyton Bowen to sign, and I do think that we should be high alert that like if Peyton Bowen, who announced for Oregon, uh, a flip out of Notre Dame's class, and you know, to Oregon over Oklahoma, who also was involved here, ends up signing with Notre Dame tomorrow, that would probably go down in the list of of uh, signing day things that we would write a story about in 10 years from now about how that all played out. Um, but, you know, the Oregon Ducks got, I think, six players on Wednesday, three of whom were five-star prospects, five of whom were fringe top 100 players uh, or better. And um, they still are technically alive, from what I understand, for David Hicks, who has a signing on Friday, who's a five-star prospect who's committed to AM. So, like, my whole thing was – uh, this is incredible. Look what they're doing. They've got a great class and everybody that wasn't an Oregon fan in my mentions was talking about cheating and Texas A&M 2.0. And uh, this team isn't, this Are, is you're not allowed to get really good players. If you're not one of the teams that already gets really good players, you're not, yeah. you you're not allowed to do that. And, and Dave, culture, I, culture I gotta, was a word. Culture was a word that was used a lot in your comments. And I got to get, uh, you know, credit to, to David Ubbin because we were texting about it before I wrote it. And, the way he put it was SEC on the West Coast, and people don't like that, you know? And it's like, I don't know if if Oregon's class as a, in totality can match up with an SEC class right now. Well, most of them, not Alabama's and Georgia's, but it, was, it wasn't so much who they have or how they've recruited in the past. It was more about the ruthlessness of, of how they did it, you know, and well, doing it at the end of the like thing. Mario Cristobal wasn't ruthless also. As no, I know, but, like, to get three five-star prospects on signing day is not a very Pac-12 thing to do. I think we can agree on that. And if oh, you yeah. think about the programs that Oregon beat out uh, in the process, they got the best of Notre Dame, they got the best of Oklahoma, Ohio State, USC, LSU, and a few others. And it was just like, you know, you're flipping a kid from LSU on signing day. You know, you're flipping a kid from Notre Dame who also has big interest in NIL rumors with Oklahoma. I mean, you're doing something. So, you know, the, the thing that I think we all have to remember, and the reason why I like the Dan Lanning hire to begin with, is, is you're talking about a head coach who – um, comes from a background that involves winning national championships and building national championship caliber rosters. That same coach played against his old team in his first game as a head coach this year and got his doors blown off in a way that I'm sure he probably saw coming because he understands the difference. And I'm not sure that Dan Lanning deserves all the credit in the world for what happened here today. Obviously, NIL had to have played some sort of part here uh, with some of these guys making this last-second decision, but to win the recruiting battle for Mateo Uyunglele and to flip four guys in the same day, three of which were five-star prospects and still have a chance to flip somebody from A&M, um, like that was like big-time NIL-era recruiting at its finest, and you know that's going to make some people uncomfortable, and, and people as, don't like as, that. As Brian in the chat points out, he says it has more to do with Oregon poaching A&M's recruiting staff than cheating. Marshall Malkow, the, the the chief of staff at Oregon, was in the same role at Texas A and M. Yeah, as they assembled last year. And class. the thing that really blows my mind, guys, and I, I'd like to hear your opinion on this, is like we're talking about a program who is two days removed from losing a five star quarterback that was supposed to cripple their their build. You know, yeah. And it's like, well, if it was all nil and it's all Nike and nothing else matters, they don't have good recruiters, they don't have a coach who gets it, they don't have a great recruiting staff, then like, you know. What, why didn't they get the guy that everybody wanted, you know? So, uh, I, I really like what I'm seeing from them and, and it gives you, you know, if you said a year from now or a year ago that a year from now, we'd be talking about Dan Lanning doing what Mario Cristobal did. Wouldn't you feel a great deal of relief? 
because, you know, he has the background, but the fact that he was able to execute it and, and get these guys in the fold um, and, and Austin Novosad too, like you lose your quarterback and then two days later, replace him with a guy who lit up the elite 11. Yeah, yeah that's what's going to be my, my point that the response, because a couple of days ago, it looked like it was falling apart. And then, you know, I think it was late last night or you kind of got word that Austin Novosad, a kid that you've written about, you saw him at the elite 11. Not just a you know a, a Baylor commit who's climbed the rankings, but who Ohio State really wanted, who Notre Dame really wanted, and who, yeah. who Will Stein A&M really yeah. wanted. Yeah, Will, he, Will Stein, Oregon's new offensive coordinator, who came from UTSA, really knew. Yeah, and he recommitted to Baylor after Baylor Baylor had to sweat it out this summer, recommit, and you know, so Baylor's been operating this whole season as if they've got their quarterback, and they wake up or last night they find out he's gone. So it's just. Uh, it's a tough world out there, and 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 uh, great get for Oregon. He's not ranked as high as as Moore is, obviously, but obviously they like him, and a lot of really really good programs like him. Yeah, and what's crazy too is that like they took punches from the NIL cheaters of last year, <laughs> and they and Baylor withstood it, you know. And you know if Texas A and M is the the punching bag for everybody who thinks that NIL is cheating, then you know it obviously wasn't enough to get A and M to get this kid. So it, was it all NIL? I'm sure it was part of it, but like they did a good job too. So, you know, I think if you like, I'm going to write a winners and losers column. I don't know if Mitch is going to be on vacation when I write it or not, uh, but I'm not, Andy, by the way, I'm not allowed to like leave or go anywhere if Ari wants to work. So is it the early signing period? <laughs> it is. Would you take an eight hour drive on the early signing period? If you're the national recruiting writers editor, it's supposed to snow huge snowstorm up in Michigan. So I don't want to risk my life on Friday for you. I'm, I'm kidding, but when I know you go you through the, the winners and losers of the day. It's undeniably Oregon and everybody else, right? Like Alabama got two five-star prospects. I mean, Alabama's state. Alabama's you know, and they, Alabama they're still in the for Desmond Ricks too. So yeah, Georgia, the reigning national champs, that's probably about to win a second consecutive national championship. Uh, they did okay too. Hey, you yeah. watch your mouth. TCU's in their way. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> did one thing, Ari uh, Jordan Dickey, the wide receiver, has evidently yeah, has not yeah, he's, signed either. So yeah, so we'll see great, how as great as things out. are going. Yeah. There's still some I don't know if negotiating is the right term. Whatever. You know, there's, but the thing about it to me though, like, and I, everybody always says I'm overreactionary. So you guys put me in my place if I am. If I'm being overreactionary, it isn't I even the. Do. It isn't. It isn't even the result of it. Um, it's how it happened and the the ability to recruit with the big boys at that level in such a. It, it kind of reminded me of the Breaking Bad prison scene when Walter White Walter White needed those six guys to disappear. They disappeared. They all took care of it. You know what I mean? And like being able to just be on that plane is an encouraging thing for the long term future of a program that's going to have to recruit a certain way. So. Um, and, and Jury and Dickey, they're saying in the comments, has officially signed with okay. Oregon. So that's one less thing that we have to to worry about as, as it update. pertains to Oregon's uh, class. I, I got to say, it's it's a lot to t- to keep track of everything that happens in this day. So thank oh, yeah. you, Mitch and, and Andy, for helping us put it in perspective. But like, yeah, Oregon would be my number one winner. Let's transition to another, I guess, still current Pac-12 school, USC. Kind of lackluster. Higher. Yeah. Lincoln Riley, I know there's one person on this podcast that was expecting immediate top five classes. They get commitments from three five stars about a year ago. They only have two more top 125 guys since. It's a good class, not an elite class. Um, I think from a performance standpoint, they will have Caleb Williams one more year. It's going to be a very good team next year. But if they want to compete for playoff spots on an annual basis, Ari, they're going to have to – 
kind of elbow their way up into that top seven, top eight, not in the top 15. This was like a Clay Helton class. I, I would be very interesting, interested for you to look this up because I won't do it. If this, is the first, if this is the first time in the history of recruiting rankings that a team that signed three five-star it, prospects finished outside of the top or is it at the 15 spot yeah, or lower? I, I would say maybe probably outside of the top 10. I can't just doing the math. I can't imagine yeah. a team could have signed three top uh, three five-stars and not been a top 10 class. Well, Andy, what did you think it was going to look like a year in? I, I thought it would look different than this. But you guys aren't going to believe this, but there's only one lineman ranked in the in the top yes. 250. Well, so like that's the thing with USC's class. It's like, well, they I got Bray- Braylon Shelby's an edge, but only one offensive lineman or defensive tackle. Which, if you've listened to this podcast feed for a long, long time, you know my problem with Lincoln Riley teams is they don't have really great big guys and. Why didn't you get any great big guys? Like, well, that's the thing that you have to it. talk about. <laughs> fix so, it. <laughs> USC got two of the top five players nationally, so it's super top heavy. Um, but what do you think the reason is? I, I think that it not happening is one thing, but like California in general this year was a down state from what it usually is, and I think part of the reason for that is the weird COVID year and how it stopped people from developing for a year, and it, I think that might be part of it. Um, but you can't give any excuses. I was talking to Antonio Morales on the phone about this earlier today. Um, it's not that he's a first-year head coach because he certainly has the experience of being a top 5-10 coach at his previous stop, and there are other uh, first-year head coaches in the top. I mean, if you go look at the top 10 right now, how many pro- – Notre Dame has finished nine, top t- uh, first-year head coach, Oklahoma first-year head coach, Oregon first-year head coach, LSU first-year head coach, Miami first-year head coach. I mean, like that's not that's not a reason. So, like, what what do you think the problem is? I I don't understand. Those linemen didn't like, exist in the cl- in the in the state this year. In the state, so go find them somewhere else. No, Alabama, I know, I know. Like when Jonah Williams was growing up in California, Nick Saban was like, "Oh well, he lives in California. Guess we can't get him." Like, yeah. Well, because when I made this bet with you, Andy, the thousand dollar bet that I lost at the last game of the year this year. My thought was they would do really well in the portal. They'd always have a very good quarterback in the first class that they get is just going to be bonkers good. Yeah. So the fact that it finished 15th, you know, right now, combine it with the fact that they're going to be in the Big Ten in year three really makes me uncomfortable about where I stand in this bet after like getting ready to cash my ticket. I, I just, I just don't understand ago. when you know what your problem is, why don't you just go fix it when you have the capability to do it? Like, you are the coach at USC, for God's sake. Go across the country and go offer the best offensive linemen and best defensive tackles you can find wherever they live and, and get go three. get them. Get go three get out of the of 20. Them. Yeah, like, right. The best, the best interior defensive lineman at USC of the past 15 years. Do you know where he's from? I'm trying to think of who it is. It's Leonard Williams. He's from Daytona Beach, Florida. Okay, I thought it was Georgia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I just edited Antonio's story before this Antonio Morales, and I know you probably talked about this already earlier, but like every excuse you can come up with can be like debunked. Like, okay, well, you know, first year coach, like you mentioned, all the first year coaches did well. Performance on the field, like Mario Cristobal was terrible at Miami this year. They went five and seven. He had a great class. 
USC has twice, uh, Lincoln has twice as many wins this year as a bit more, excuse me, has more wins this year than Steve Sarkeesian has in two years combined. And Texas has a good class. So the bottom line was Antonio said, like, no excuses, just go out and do it. Now, next year's class and is defense better. stinks, but so does Miami's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's okay. Yeah. He said Alex Grinch might not have the best reputation. Yeah. But Miami's everything stunk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their attendance, everything about that program this year was not good and they had a good class. So, and certain other name programs that might not be mastering the NIL game, like Ohio State, still had a better year than USC. So Antonio's point was just like, no excuses. 2024 is a better class. There's better hall in state. You better get it done next year. Right. So uh, that is a definitely will be a storyline to watch. And, and, and also, Antonio wrote about this is like in years past when Oregon was doing well, USC fans could kind of explain in a way that O'Clay oh, Helton. But now they've got a good coach who's already proven. And this started in games. last year's class, too, when they got uh, Josh Connerly Jr. over them. Yeah, yeah. So An uh, offensive lineman. Yes, exactly. Yeah, another offensive lineman, for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Alabama, seems like they're going to sign a lot of good players. Yeah, still awesome. (laughs) There was... uh, well, let me ask you guys this. Okay. This was fun. Dun, da, 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 Ari's game show. Okay. All right. We're going to actually come up with an, a, a, a file that is in it. But we'll, we'll come up with a song. You're going to win a song. brand new Mercury Tracer if you get this, oh, this right. Sweet. From behind the curtain here. Okay. What is the first year, Saban or not, as the head coach, where Alabama signs a recruiting class that finishes outside of the top 15? Or, sorry, out of the top five. What what is the first year that that happens? Like moving forward. If you sorry. had to guess, yeah. moving forward. Yeah, oh, moving forward. Lord. Yeah, two thousand and twenty-eight. I mean, he's under contract past that. Oh, and I I don't yeah. know what the hell he's, he's just trying do not to himself. overbid. Like the Price is Right. Yeah, if you go over, <laughs> yeah. you lose. Yeah, um, I would say it's somewhere in the thirties. Yeah, I think you're right. That in the twenty thirties, he's he's under contract. I think till twenty thirty till twenty thirty or maybe twenty thirty one. That puts him into his 80s 
or, or close to his 80s. And one thing to watch is not that Alabama relies on in-state players, but this was a banner year in-state, the best ever in the modern yeah. recruiting era. And, and, Auburn, of- and Auburn had a coach who didn't want to recruit and yeah. then fired him. And the guy who actually wants to recruit has only been Auburn's coach for a month. Right, if he was there for... And he actually came out and said today that the recruiting standard of where we want to be is is very far off from where, yeah. where we if should be. So that, free, yeah. if, if you freeze him in Auburn's coach a year earlier... They get this, three of those guys out of the top This historic 10. year in Alabama, yeah. Auburn would have been able to take advantage of. Well, you, the funny I, thing about it, too, was that I think that six out of the ten guys that were top 100 players in the state of Alabama were linemen, defensive linemen. So, like, I need to go back and add that up. But You know uh, who should have been recruiting in the state of Alabama? Brian uh, Harson? No. <laughs> USC. USC. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if you go look at the uh, – Alabama has 27 signees right now, eight of whom are from – uh, the state of Alabama, which I think is probably the highest it's been in a long time uh, for them to take eight in-state guys. Um, of those eight, uh, I'm counting it up right now. Four of them, half of them are uh, defensive linemen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they also get those guys when they're there. The, the Quinn and Williams of the world, the, the homegrown D-linemen. They're great at it. Yeah, at getting those guys. Did you guys like they don't watch let them leave? The Did one that watch? was surprising, and you got to give Clemson their roses if we're yes. going to make fun of our Lord's program. Justin Ross. But they got they got Peter, Peter Woods, Woods this year. Oh yeah, oh Peter Woods this year. And yeah, well, Peter Woods Justin is a five star defensive lineman. Yeah. yeah, who? Yeah, who, and their quarterback uh, Christopher Vazin is from there too. So, um, but Alabama also had two top hundred quarterbacks yeah, committed. So, but Clemson hopped over every other SEC program true, in the country to go true. get those guys. So. Did you guys see the uh, James Smith and Quay or Qua Russo? announcement today on ESPN it was the least thrilling announcement ever they went right to him they stood at each other said okay what's it going to be they stood and looked at each other for about 20 seconds no one said anything and then someone muttered Alabama and they put on Alabama hats so <laughs> not a lot of suspense there well, although we heard, we heard there was some Georgia steam there right, there at yeah. the end didn't we so yes but that's and but that's what you want if you're Nick Saban those are the guys you want they're like no no frills like no props yeah we 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 understand there's some talent ahead of us don't care like so yeah. that that's and and it's the more I see this stuff because NIL obviously at that level of recruit is going to be a factor with every single guy, but how much they let it be a factor in their recruitment is different depending on the person. And I would argue that the person who is just wrenching it out, like every five minutes going back, well, can we get a little more or we maybe go somewhere else? Can we get a little more? That person's probably not going to be good. Because that person just doesn't have the right mentality. To and I think succeed. that's happened. I've heard that happening on five different occasions on, on Wednesday. So like that, you know, and I understand if you're negotiating, you know, when you're at a car dealership, you want to get every, you, want, you know, every dollar you can get out of them. So, but, but there's, but there's, but I bet there's a bunch of guys. I bet it's most of them at that level who did their negotiating. There was a number they were happy with. Whether that came last week or three months ago, they took it and they're like, well, okay, sounds good. I'm ready to go. Right. They know they're worth a certain amount and they're fine with that. And they're, they're not going to risk any, not risk, not the right word for an extra X thousand dollars. They're like, this is better than I, if I was came along five years ago, this is a hell of a lot better than I'm done then. So also I don't want to be that guy. 
I feel bad because like I feel like I would do that. You you definitely would definitely do that. Yeah, you would be in the port. You're like those Oregon guys are. You bad culture. You'd be in the portal after you know two games. I'd be in the portal with my freaking pocket stuffed. That is the the question with Oregon, just as it was with Texas A and M this year. Now I would argue that Texas A and M, their problems were bigger than that. Their their problems were offensive. How many of the people from A and M's class last year are in the portal? Isn't it one? It's no, it's 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 three. One was removed from the team, I think. Well, two of them were removed from the team. Like, but their class that signed eighteen top one hundred players is largely intact on the roster. Still. Yes. Still. So, the like, one, I don't know, like, if we're the, one, if I'm the a, ones who are not constantly suspended, <laughs> yeah. still there. Okay, yeah. so like, yeah, yeah no, I'm not, I'm not. It's not all lost, is what I'm saying. No, like, it's not. It's absolutely. 15, and that's what I'm trying to say. Fifteen top a nifty play, players. A nifty man. play caller can fix a lot of problems. A lot of their issues were schematic, were coaching, were not necessarily talent. Were there were some locker room chemistry issues, and the people who kept screwing up. Are not there, so perhaps that gets fixed. But and didn't Jimbo, which is big news is, for this podcast, admitted today that he needs to get a play caller? Yeah, I mean, he's been saying it. But that 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 is, but that is a function. What what happened chemistry wise is a function of taking the highest rated people who will take the bag. Like that's I just a don't know if, there's a, if I agree that there's a correlation between savvy business people and not motivated. It doesn't. Does no, no, no. It's not. Because if they, I, you you still have to evaluate them as the coach, if you get people who are savvy business people who take care of their business, they're still going to win and be really good. It's it's the ones who are savvy. But business But do you think people the people who, who, are, who, are, who are playing grab ass financially at the last minute are less likely to get to do good? I think someone who do well. who doesn't get their stuff together early on or in a in a pretty timely fashion someone who's at the last second still trying to squeeze ring every little last thing out maybe their priorities might not be i I think there's nothing wrong nothing wrong with wanting your money and let's just make up the money whatever it is but if you're getting your thirty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars whatever that's fine but it's mitch when you get a job offer i ask for less money Ari. no 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 i'm saying (laughs) when when you get a job offer and you've had, I mean, you had a job for a long period. Yeah, but this of time. is only my second job this is only in the last second 20 job years. Since you were so. 13. <laughs> but like when the athletic came to you and offered you a job, did you like say just okay or did you like counter offer? There was some, there was a slight offer, slight counter offer. Okay. I just, but all that, I, all yeah, that stuff has happened. Has had, there's been a year where that stuff could have happened, Ari. It didn't yeah. have to happen in the last 24 hours. Yeah, unless somebody, unless Mitch new, was talking to the athletic and then in, right, New York Times came in. in. Yeah. Absolutely. Which but, is happening a lot, I think. But that's, right. that's not necessarily all new bidders. Some of these guys are like, let's try to get one more bite at the apple here. One more squeeze of the udder, as it were. All right, Andy. So put, you're, 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 um, you have subscriptions to every message board in these two fan bases. You're on the boards all day. You live and die with recruiting. Yeah. Are you, are you more What's more painful? You're an Iowa fan losing Caden Proctor this year to Alabama, or you're a Florida State fan losing Travis Hunter to Jackson State last year? Travis Hunter, no question, because it was it was Dion, it was alum of Florida State who took him. Like Caden Proctor going to that. Alabama makes sense. I was watching Iowa fans try to make fun of Alabama fans about offensive <laughs> linemen, and they kept bringing up Ross Pierce Baker, who had yeah. won some national titles. And, and they kept comparing him to Tristan Wirfs. I'm like, 
what they don't even play the same position. Like at least compare to like Jedrick Wills or something. Like, I, but Alabama still has more first rounders at that position. Like they're better at everything than you. So why would you ever think they're you better get a at the thing that there? you're great at? Yeah. 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 They are literally better at everything than you. So you shouldn't be surprised when somebody who was going to pick you picks them. Yeah. That's you know, my what wife I said. Is really, really small. And whenever she feels physically like, uh, uh, like ever since she was a kid, like physically challenged in any way, whether she's wrestling with, with kids or her older brother or whatever, or she bites people. Oh. It's like, it's her only Seems like, effective. it's her okay. only way to defend herself. Cause she's four eleven, And you know what? Like, that's kind of like what Iowa was doing, right? They're just like, just biting people, <laughs> trying to. That's an interesting comparison. They actually probably should have tried that this year on offense. It might it might have worked better. Yeah. So if you're Florida State and you, you lose Travis Hunter, that's like it's not an indictment on your program. It was a once in a lifetime thing. It's where incredibly painful, though. Incredibly painful. True. True. Yes. But they have rebounded. I don't they, think that losing a kid to Alabama is an indictment on your program either. You just get owned by the people who true. own you. I mean, neither is an right. indictment on the program. They're, they both suck for those fan bases. It just, it's just it's frustrating because he was committed for that long. And he's he was kind of the example. Look, see, we develop these guys. A five-star recruit has recognized that. he's He believes in what we do. And he's like, wait a second. They did, over there in Tuscaloosa, they develop more guys. So I'm just going to go there. Yeah, and his teammate, Nwamka, last uh, the safety, Xavier, not quite as highly rated, but a top 50, top 60 guy. He did the same thing, Ohio State, Notre Dame, but he stayed home. So just painful. It happens, but, you know, it's kind of how the, the way the food chain works. Yeah, the, the funniest thing about this whole thing, too, and just going back to Oregon for a second is, like, Oregon did all this today, and it's like Alabama is the only program in the country that has six – five-star prospects signing, right? And it's like, it's the same ecosystem, but Alabama never gets made fun of for the NIL stuff, right? That's what I said at the beginning. You're allowed to get them if you're one of the schools that always gets them. You're only cheating if you're not one of the schools that always gets them, and suddenly you get them. Right. Ari, are are we ready for the Ohio State conversation? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) So just a little little background. Talk about down bad, but Yeah, missed on (laughs) three edge rushers, three five-star edge rushers down the stretch. Keon Keeley, Alabama. Whoa, wait. Are we saying that the factory's closed? Like there's not going to be a 6'6", 260-pound edge rusher, you know, one one stacked behind the other four classes in a row anymore? Well, one of them was supposed to be uh, Mateo Uyunglele or Damon Wilson, and they went over, and then they went over on all 50-50 prospects today. And they lot like the Kyan Lee commits to uh, and, flips and to Auburn. Ryan Day said it used to be when people committed, yeah. <laughs> people stopped recruiting them. You know, I when remember <laughs> I remember a Big Ten coach who had been in the SEC previously laughing at the Big Ten coaches in their quote unquote gentleman's agreement to not recruit committed players. Yeah. Where did, where did that guy coach? Which Big I, Ten school was that, by the I, way? I Oh, yeah. In Ohio Rutgers. State, flipped somebody two weeks ago. So, like, what are we talking yeah. about here? Yeah. I, I went back and I listened to it because I had my column fingers ready. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that he... <laughs> Did I, he not mean I, it, it that way? It, it, if you watch the, the video, it wasn't... He, he I'm not saying he looked great. I'm just saying <laughs> it wasn't like... If you were to write a column saying you are being a wuss right now because you're, like, this is Ohio State. Matt, Why are you complaining about guys getting flipped? That would have been a little bit disingenuous because I don't think that's what he meant. But either way, 
Like it's not. It's just hasn't been a great month for Ohio State. Any way you slice it, and they're um, playing the college football playoffs. And then everybody and keeps have, saying that as like that's the redeeming quality. It's like they're going to get their ass kicked. So like, what Ohio State fans are going to watch the game? They're going to show up. They're going to root. They're going to hope for the best. But like, that's not like a oh well. Let's just wait two weeks and we get to watch our team in the playoff. It's like they think in two weeks they're going to get killed. <laughs> like that's L- not little exciting. True. A little perspective. They they have seven top one hundred guys. Um, one five star Brendan Ennis, another five star, uh, another fringe five star in Bre- uh, Noah Rogers. But both those guys play wide receiver, the position where they have plenty of five stars, so they could use some. Yeah, three of their top the seven players are the wide receivers, and they have gaping hole, in my opinion, at the safety position, which they absolutely needed, and the defensive line position, which they absolutely needed, and they are supposed to be. Uh, you know, addressing some of these things in the portal and they haven't done that very well. So, um, yeah, it's just not, it's, it's a class that's going to finish in the top five, but that is not an Ohio state class. Anyway, you slice it seven top 100 players, three of whom play receiver. You saying that like for the, all the issues that that team has from, from top to bottom, that they're only going to get four top 100 players that don't play the position that they already have. Like that's not a, it's not a well-balanced class. And you guys are probably talking on previous shows, and Ari, we did on Monday, but Dylan Riola, the, the quarterback from Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, kind of out of nowhere, flipped. I, you know, yeah, he flipped. And by the way, I not flipped. Excuse me, decommitted. Decommitted. I say he's a uh, 2024 guy. 2024, and, yes. It's a 2024 and, and guy that people are comparing to Patrick Mahomes, Nebraska player. Right, and it's you know that stuff happens. Decommitments. If you go look at Ohio State's track record, they've had. A lot of early deco- or commitments that they've had at, at the position a year in advance have they've lost, and then they've replaced them with somebody good. I've got no doubt in my mind that Ohio State's going to go find a top one hundred quarterback to be their twenty twenty four commitment because that's a that's a hell of a position to be in because whoever that is is going to be an heir apparent to you know the position. But that also completely changed and shifted their philosophy on what quarterback to take in twenty twenty three because they thought they could take a you know, a filler guy like Mac Jones this year and, you know, hope for the best and maybe he turns out great. But, you know, Dylan Rayola was supposed to be the guy that came in and they, as a result of it, mismanaged their position because the 2023 quarterback could have been a five-star stud like Dante Moore or somebody if they would have gone all in on him that they didn't because they thought they had it in the bag. So, like, any way you slice it, too, and, like, there's a huge NIL discussion happening in the Ohio State uh, Twitterverse right now about – whether or not they have the correct mobilization of the funds of, of how to get these guys, because Damon Wilson two and a half weeks ago was a shoe in to be in Ohio state's class. Now he's signing with the opponent. They're playing in the college football playoff. And people are wondering what, well, why, why can't Ohio state get the money together to get these guys, you know, paid well enough to, to stay in the fold. And, you know, for a program that's, uh, you know, in a city like that, that has as much money and resources as it does. Like, I'm not sure I'm here for that discussion in, in terms of feeling bad for Ohio state. But even if your NIL is kind of in shambles and you're not mobilized the right way, like, I don't know if I could point at any particular, uh, you know, direction of this program and go, I feel really good about that. It, if they beat Georgia, all of this goes away, by the way. Yeah, I know. Right. And if I all this angst hit the lottery, I'll never have to work again. You would stop I, working with me. I, are you? Yes. No, you wouldn't. I'd keep podcasting with Andy. I would definitely stop writing for you, though. (laughs) You love this too much.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we're going to get to this Kirby Smart quote about quarterbacks? We got to. I, I mean, I am, I am fascinated because... It's Kirby Smart. I already agree. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that's not a bad way to... Not, not a bad Here's stance. the thing. You, you'll hear the question, and you'll hear the first part of the answer, and be like, is he, is he actually saying that out loud? And then you're like, yeah, I, okay. This makes sense. Here we go. You guys didn't sign a quarterback in this class. Did that did that make recruiting guys any different or harder because there wasn't sort of this quarterback leader figure in there? And what kind of challenges going forward does not having a, a quarterback signing in this class possibly present to you guys? I think it's irrelevant in today's day and age. You know, the portal's full of them. You know, there's going to be a, there's going to be multiple guys in every year. Uh, you want to do the best job you can to get the best quarterback you can. Um, you know, when you have three quarterbacks, sometimes you don't have any. And when you have one quarterback, that's when you have a quarterback. And, uh, you know, we're very pleased with what we have in our quarterback room. We think we got um, three quarterbacks that are going to be really good. So the concern wasn't about a quarterback, and none of the skill players uh, made it about that, you know, because they know what we've signed the last really three or four years. Um, they know what we have the potential to sign in 24. So um, it's it's one of those deals that the quarterback position kind of sells it based on who your offensive coordinator is and how your offense does, and um, we've excelled in that. I agree with him. It's easy to say that when you've got two five stars in your in your program already, in, in Brock Vandergriff and, and Gunnar Stockton. Um, but when you're at the top of the food chain, you know you can get a quarterback when you need one. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I wasn't taken back by anything he yeah. said. If if Georgia put out the notice, like if, if they decided that that. Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, Carson Beck, that none of them felt like they deserved to be the starting quarterback at Georgia. And they put out the smoke signal following spring practice. We're open for business. We want a quarterback. How many, how many people jump in the portal to take a shot? Everyone? <laughs> I mean, most everyone. Most everyone. Well, the, the question that I have for you guys is. But by the way, real quick, Ari, they did try and recruit a quarterback in this class. They did. Arch Manning. But That's it's right. easy to go all in on the top guy, and if you don't get him, But I think what he's fine. saying is, is that if you go all in on a guy and you don't get that guy, you don't have to force going to get somebody else. Because in exactly. the past, um, you know, I've watched programs sign guys who were below the standard because they felt like they needed a body. And now, like, the, the question really is, is, is there going to be a Devin Leary-type player in every single portal at the quarterback position every year moving forward? If you like, look at the eight guys that we ranked the other night, Andy. Like, is there, are, is there going to be a collection of eight dudes like that every year? Yeah, somebody with real NFL tools, that that sort of thing. If you put <sighs> Devin Leary on Georgia this year and he stayed healthy, would they not be in the same exact place that they're I in think right they'd now? They'd be in a, a very similar place. So, like, I I, yeah. I can buy that. Um, and if if that's the case too, not forcing it makes you a more attractive place in the twenty twenty four class because if you have a gap in, in signees. You know, a lot of times it's hard to sign five-star after five-star after five-star unless you're Alabama and get two top 100 players in the same class. Um, you might be able to be Georgia and say, hey, you know what? We're the University of Georgia. We're winning national championships. We didn't sign a quarterback last year. The next guy we take is going to be the heir apparent to who's starting right now. That makes you a lethal combination. Um, 
for other quarterbacks in that in that class. So, um, you know, this is a very talented position now, and I think more so than any other position in college football. You can make the case that it's the hardest to, to develop as a quarterback in high school ranks, but I also think with all the tools that are out there between the Elite 11 and the personal quarterback coach, like, Mitch, every single time you assign me a story to go write, it, write about a quarterback, whether it's a five-star or a three-star, I always get the phone number of the personal quarterback coach like because I all have them now, you know, mm-hmm. and the reason why I always am so quick to point to like start the freshman now is because I know how much more equipped these guys are from a younger age to handle the burdens of playing that position in college. So, you know, to me, I'd much rather hear Kirby Smart say what he said up there uh, than watch Georgia take a three-star prospect who, you know, might be a very nice signee for a middle-tier Power 5 team but might not meet the Georgia standard because what are you doing? You're eating up a scholarship and at those programs – uh, when every scholarship could be a five-star defensive lineman like Jordan Davis or, uh, you know, somebody else, uh, you know, you don't want to use those. So I, I think that that's a really smart way of putting it. And did you just and they have a twenty? Davis they have a twenty twenty-four quarterback. They're, they have no, a no, he can, uh, yeah, he's not a five-star. Um, he was a three-star. Who's he's the Clark. dude this year? What are you talking about? The guy you voted for Heisman, his name's escaping me right now. Stetson oh, Bennett? Jalen Carter. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Carter was like, a very It's one of those dudes. Yes. Yeah, like very it's, highly rated. It's, uh, I, yeah, I meant to say Carter. So, you know, yes. but either way, the point stands. If you waste a uh, uh, scholarship on a quarterback who's not going to play for you, then you don't have room for the three-star that turns into a man-eater and is a first-round yeah. draft pick. So, yeah. like, either way, Georgia's every scholarship. Yeah, that that's, a Lad, that's a Lad McConkie scholarship or a Jordan Davis scholarship. I mean, that could be a Stetson Bennett scholarship. Right, because he that's he wasn't you, a signee at a high school. He was a walk on at a high school, but he was a scholarship signee at a JUCO. So right. they did have to use one on him. Yeah. Okay, so, so this transition to something, and this might answer my question because we're forty minutes into the podcast and we have not talked about it yet. Honest answer: When three weeks ago, did you guys expect Deion Sanders to make a bigger splash in the early signing period? I think he might still. If Cormani McLean okay. ends up in Colorado, I think he but might. But it's not. You're you're talking more about quantity, I think, right? Well, just the the ch- ch- yes, basically signed Do- flip Dylan Edwards from Notre Dame, four star, had a previous they relationship, had a relationship, as yeah. you wrote about. Yep. So it's not like he just showed up and just had because I think in the first day he got I forgot the kid's name. He is a 2025 top ten player nationally. Commit to him. So it's not like he just snapped his fingers and all these four and five stars just flipped to him. So it's going to take relationship building, all that stuff. But well, the um, thing that I'm curious he's about, he also got Mitch, the Louis luggage on the way too. One of his, well, one well, of his the guys person who thought was Louis luggage <laughs> didn't get a uh, national letter of intent today. Yeah, yeah the first Hall. guy that committed. Um, but the thing that I'm interested in more than anything is a, if they flip McLean, then that's like oh my god. Yeah, like that's. That's another Jackson State. It, it might not be quite as crazy because it's a P5 school, but it, it's up there. Um, and two, if Deion Sanders knows that he is more lethal right now in the transfer portal this early on in his career there and has to flip his roster faster to get guys who can play immediately, I think that that's where I would have expected him to make the most damage. So I'm not pulling any fire alarms right now based on that. Um, there's a lot of guys that need to – uh, be flipped on that roster. And I think the place to do that right now is the portal. And I'm excited to see how that pans out. But if he signs a, a class that ranks 37th next year, after a full year, I'd be think I'd find that alarming. Spe- speaking of, of that, Travis Hunter 
with the unbelievable, like this man's a businessman. Yeah. He didn't do it though. He's a liar. He hasn't, he hasn't <laughs> done it yet. Yeah, that's true. So Travis Hunter had 70 something thousand subscribers on YouTube when he puts this message out on Wednesday that says, when I, if I hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, I'll announce where I'm going. He's at 105 as we're recording this at 10.03 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night. He has yet to announce. We are, we tried. We put out the same thing. We said, we're going to do a tarp off show if we hit 100,000 YouTube <laughs> subscribers. We are still, look at, look at that. That's what you look, got to look, look forward to. That. That's, that's half, I, four we're times a day, I get a FaceTime short. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Andy's going to start his OnlyFans. But hey, <laughs> I looked it up. I looked it up and research. Ari. I saw that if you have 100,000 followers on YouTube, you can make in between four and $6,000 a month from the ad revenue of that. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That, I, I so went down a the CPM business. rabbit hole as soon yeah, as he, yes. he put that so, out there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Like, <laughs> I, I, you, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. I'm, I'm for it. And if he keeps. Like if he tweets right now, actually, when I get to 150, I'll do it. Just keep keep pushing the ball down the hill, pal. Heck yeah. So what are the chances he's at Colorado Buffalo next year? I don't know. I mean, Georgia? it certainly I mean, seems I, like it's heading that way. He could go to Georgia, which is home for him. He could go Florida to Alabama. State? Like, Florida State? If Travis Hunter wants to go to your school, you've yeah. got a scholarship for him. But if his flip to Florida Jackson State last year wasn't about Florida State, it was about Deion and Jackson State, and he transfers, then why do you just go to Florida State? They're, they're better than they were when he committed. They've proven they can win some games. Did you guys see what Hakeem Williams said today when he signed with, with no. Florida State? Uh, Five-star receiver. Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, sign my national letter, letter of incent. No Travis Hunter stuff here. <laughs> Very nice. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so it. Uh, I thought that was funny. But, yeah, no, that's uh, – if they get McLean and Hunter playing side-by-side side in the defensive backfield next year, Ooh. then, like, if Shador Sanders is really good and – Dylan Edwards like, is, Shador is, is good. good, right? Like I, I yeah. saw Jackson a couple I don't times. Know. Like, yeah, I think he's, he's pretty good. good. I think he's, he's legit. Yeah. This is this is going to be very interesting to see. And and yeah, if I'm Travis Hunter, I see how far I can get the YouTube subscriber count up because that's that's worth the the money right yeah. there. Yeah. So it's like they had the worst offensive line in college football last year, though, right? Uh, yeah, it was I mean, one of the worst ones. They one a, of the worst. They had a lot of the worst. They had the worst yeah. a lot of things. So and they still won a league game. They beat Cal. For yeah. them to get the six wins, uh, they probably need to get twenty more guys. Flipped. Their their non conference schedule is difficult too. So I don't know how how lethal they can be in the portal, but that is going to be a very. Uh, I I, I would I'm going to be very curious to see what they do in the post spring portal. Yes, right, right. There's, there's a lot of time left. Yeah, right. There's another wave of this. Like what what you're seeing now is is kind of tuckering out. There there will be a little little spurt. After the signees, after that dust settles, but then you won't see much again, and then the portal will close because it's a forty-five day window, and it reopens again after spring practice, and that is where it could get interesting with Colorado because that's that's where you see the people moving. Like, oh, I don't have a job. Like, I thought I was going to start for Alabama. Or I thought I was going to start for Georgia. I want to start somewhere, and you you go get it. You know, yeah. Go yeah. Get and Colorado run. staff will know their roster better too. Not that they don't know they need talent everywhere, but they'll they'll know their roster better. Um, yeah, I, I want to bounce around a lot of other schools we need to hit on, but we talk a lot. You guys have talked about program rankings. Ari and I talk about you know having the DNA to recruit at a high level, and and people say Auburn, good job, bad job, and everyone says it's a great job because you can win big there. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know what their dudes. class is? They had a coach who didn't recruit, didn't recruit well. They had a coaching transition, and they're still going to sign a top 20 class. So it's not great, but it shows you the power. Well, they, they, of they the hired a, yeah, they, and they hired a coach who understands the job from recruiting. So like Hugh Freeze gets what didn't the they job flip is. five players from five they different did. schools? They did, and and that I mean that tells you all you need to know. It's a like, powerful brand. Yeah, Hugh, like is Auburn going to be a top to, five uh, top five class next year? It's going to compete for that. Like I, I would not be shocked if it's a top ten class. I'd say top ten is fair. Top five hard. But it just it just depends on on who falls in love with you at that point, right? You know, I mean, you got to give the guy the guy credit. I mean, he flipped the uh, top one hundred player from Florida State. Yeah, yeah. So. so, and I don't, I haven't looked. You know, this would have been good for Hugh Freeze to be hired last year at this time because of how good the state of Alabama is this year. I, I haven't looked. I'm just not going to be as good as it was this year. Um, but they, you know, Auburn historically recruits Georgia very well. Um, it's basically in Georgia, they, you know, Florida. So TCU. Well, you you okay. said this, you said okay. this, and it'd be interesting exercise. I don't think yeah. we'll get to it tonight, but, you know, did we ever write the story? Me, you, and Landis are supposed to do program rankings last year, remember? No, we did. I did it. We never it's did. It's been it. hours and hours of research and data, and I've got them somewhere. And yeah, we, we had some formula on what, wins. What would your top five program rankings be right now? I mean, Maybe I mean it'd be hard to fill out your the bottom half of the top five. Georgia and Alabama are obviously one two, but I I I don't know where to put Ohio State. Yeah, where I would I would have easily put them two or three. Michigan's before. made the playoff two years in a row. Exactly. I mean, you could could you make the case that Michigan has a better program than Ohio State now? At the moment, I so I have a mailbag question, and I'll pose it to you guys. I think it's interesting because the person asked it, and I think I, I I feel like the question, like the premise of the question, was wrong. And and basically, the question was: Is Harbaugh's success in the transfer portal does that make up for? Is that a, a philosophy change, or is it indictment on his his inability to get high school good high school players? And I'm like, no, no, no. The the transfer rule change has allowed him to kind of bridge the gap, but they were they were recruiting high school players pretty well, just not at a an Ohio State Georgia level. But the fact that they've been so good in the portal and they can go get an Olu Oluwatimi who wins the Outland Trophy and the Remington Trophy to go along with, by the way, four offensive linemen who you signed out of high school who were ranked between number one sixty five overall and number I want to say three fifty overall. Like that's that those are they're all four star players like those are building blocks for a successful group that that you can have five future NFL players on your offensive line doing that and they do and I actually you know and I pointed out who are the most important players offensively in the Ohio State game the two five stars from the class of 2021 mm-hmm. so he is getting them just not to the same level. Well, that's an interesting it, segue allowing to, their class, to bridge the gap though, because they don't have yeah. a single top 100 player come out of high school this year. Right. But they just this signed is their five worst class in a while. And they and they just signed five players who are supposed to play immediately. So, I guess yeah. the question isn't so much like uh, you know, where would you put Michigan's uh class, I mean, team or program on the list right now as much as it is is this an effective way to go about roster building for the long term? Like, are you comfortable with this? No, or it has are, it has to get somewhat better because you'll never beat Georgia this way, not consistently. Like, you've you figured out a way to to outculture Ohio State, 
that's fine. But Georgia is sort of the example, and Alabama most years is the example of what happens when you take this level of talent and you develop it properly. And right. you have to have more talent but than do Michigan they get a pass? has now. To, but, well, this year's interesting because this is this class, the, the building blocks of this class, a lot of that was happening while Jim Harbaugh was flirting with the Vikings. So mm-hmm. now that he's not, and that doesn't seem to be an option anymore, does that change? Does that get better? Because I mean, it's been, they uh, had, what, four months or five months since that happened? It's been 11 months since that happened. Oh, man, that's right. <laughs> so, Do you know how a calendar works? <laughs> no, I don't. Will you teach me? <laughs> but but if you're if you're recruiting at elite level, oh man, it's been eleven I mean, months. So how did that? So can you really say that the Vikings thing is what torpedoed? Yeah, the whole because class? because that's when the seeds of a class are planted. Yeah, and all, yeah, kids are hearing that from opposing schools. Like yeah. So if ten it doesn't months get, is a long time to recover, guys. If it doesn't get better, well, no, I'm gonna have a baby I'm, in that much time. I'm worried about the 2024 <laughs> class in this. Yeah, episode. and the 2024 class looks much better for them. So so it might be okay, but. Remember, they did have two top ten classes in the last four before this, so it's not like they've they've been doing nothing. And that's that, and that's what I'm saying. The difference in what what that transfer portal is going to do is is allow the teams that don't necessarily get the elite, elite, elite high school town, or or maybe they get some of it, but not a stockpile of it. It's going to allow them to close those gaps. Transition to TCU. Hey. Very, very quietly with a top 20 class. Highest ranked of the teams that will be in the Big 12 after next year. And they've no top 100 players, but they've already added some difference makers in the portal. I really like Jack Beck, the, the uh, LSU, LSU tight end wide receiver, Tommy Brockermeyer from Alabama, JoJo Earl. So, like, they got good quickly, started recruiting better in their own state, and became a attractive transfer destination all in a matter of like three months. That's a perfect storm for them. It's, it's amazing because you've got Sonny Dykes and a staff that knows the state already. You've got a model that Gary Patterson put in place that everybody knows works. And, and it's such a huge state that when odd players leave that you couldn't get, you're the perfect destination to come home. You're the best. You're the ultimate bounce back. It's, it, it really is a good job by them to marry all of that together. I mean, he's doing his plan from SMU at TCU, except it's easier to sell Power 5. That's why you leave for SMU to TCU and you piss yeah. off but to SMU fans for they get really mad at you. But, you you know, he's I don't think he thought he probably didn't think he was going to compete for a national championship. But I also think that Sonny Dykes probably came into this job thinking it was going to be his last one. So if this is his last job, then he he has some real opportunity to grow into something here. Can, can I oh. throw another one out there? guys that that i'm just going through the rankings now and and this one popped out to me so I know what it's going to be i think can i guess the the number two class in this conference once the people who are leaving leave yeah who, who is it tell Utah. me who it is that's right that's right it's the best class in program history that's who i was going to guess who yeah I'm, i didn't hear utah utah oh yep i mean this is they're, they're already great at developing what they got. Give them better raw materials to work with? That's pretty scary. I think they got two, two conference championships got, in a row, does. For Mitch, you. I think you know this because you edited Antonio's story, but I think the two offensive tackles that they signed 
Spencer Fano and Caleb Lomu are two of the top 10 players they've ever signed in program history. Um, and then the the tight end that they got um, from Stanford. Well, yeah, Fanu is no the, the edge eight. rusher. Oh yeah, Hunter Clegg yes. from Fork American Fork Utah is in the top fifteen of who they've ever gotten. Yeah, it's so, three of the top like they, three of their three top, of the top this year 15 top fifteen all time prospects. Yes, yes, that, that is correct. And going back to our Colorado discussion, I've had this conversation with Antonio Morales too. Is like as much skill as Colorado brings in. Wait, you know, wait until they play Utah for the first time and get just mauled at the line of scrimmage. Um, they'll realize how quickly they need to, to beef up th- that spot oh, there. But guess, guess guess who wanted both of these guys that we're talking about here? USC, Did you go, the offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, they, they took visit. Both of them took visits to this place, and it's the reigning Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. You talking I about Michigan? Talking about, Michigan? I am Sharon Moore wanted both these guys like. I, I don't want to see them in two years if I'm right. if I'm a Pac-12 school. They're going to well, maul me. I, I, I <laughs> was very interested in in this because I got a little saucy. I was uh, <laughs> between the hours of three and four p.m. today. I was real fired up. Um, but John Wilner, the guy who uh, yeah broke the Big Ten mm-hmm. news, tweeted something. Yep. Um, from the San Jose Mercury. Says, we interrupt the NSD National Signing Day related joy and panic across the Pac-12 footprint with two reminders. One, Utah, two, Oregon State. It's still about evaluate, evaluating, developing, and fitting scheme to personnel. And I, res, I like retweeted it with the um, lady from Fargo going, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> like, I, I don't know how to feel about that because it's like on one hand it's correct because those teams have done a really good job. Like Antonio will be the first person to tell you that like Oregon State beat Oregon by throwing a pass up 24 in last, yeah. points in the last quarter without – throwing a pass but on the other hand it's like well neither of those teams are ever going to compete for a national championship and that's what usc and and oregon want to do so it's like i i I, if if the point of that tweet is don't get excited oregon fans you're recruiting too well like it makes me want to bang my head through a sheet of glass but uh, here's here's the thing about oregon and and oregon and usc we probably shouldn't even be comparing the two because they're not going to be in the same conference after next year so it doesn't even matter but but they have similar goals and they're in similar but geography Oregon's, still. So, but Oregon's class looks more complete. I agree. That, that that's it. I mean, it is more complete. It it is more complete. And and Dan Lanning obviously knows what that roster needs to look like to get where he wants to go. And like the thing about it too is that like USC's class has Malachi Nelson in it. And mm-hmm. like if Malachi Nelson is who we think he is, then it's just going to be. Th- like, Another Caleb Williams And type, it's yeah. the exact type column of what you wrote after the Pac-12 championship game. Yep. It's like you can keep building the same Oklahoma team over and over and over again, but when are you going to take that next step and yeah, actually you're gonna build something that Yeah, you're going to get the same results. Win? Well, and, and so here's, here's an interesting thought. Because somebody asked me for the mailbag, where would this Texas and Oklahoma class rank in the SEC? And I believe they'd rank number three and number five in, in the SEC. Uh, but this Oklahoma class, as of re- this recording, is number eight in the 24-7 composite. That is higher ranked than all but one Lincoln Riley class. And yeah, no, one, it's, it's been a great class for them. They had a, yeah. a few tough breaks, but they had yeah. a good class. Yeah. That, that one Lincoln Riley class, by the way, that was ranked number six, led by Spencer Rattler, Jaden Hazelwood, uh, Austin Stogner. I guess Austin Stogner's back, he's, yeah, but he's back. these are all people who transferred and didn't transfer to... That USC, they trans two of them transferred to another USC. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm with you on all that. So it, it is an interesting dichotomy there. But all right, all right. Did what, you what else you got? La- well, la- did you make a trivia question? I didn't do a trivia question. What? Right, we, had one, we had one Monday. I got busy. Ari does. What you 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 edit the recruiting writer on National Signing Day and you act like you're busy? Come on, come on, yeah, dude. slacking. <laughs> um, Andy was talking about the trivia question all day, dude. I was so excited. I feel this breaks my heart. I feel shame. My, I feel shame. My heart. Should. No, I, I gave you real shame Bravo tonight, thing. Andy. I've done I my did. job. I, I did. I, so, <laughs> well, little inside baseball because we're at the hour and two minute mark. The random ranking in tomorrow's Dear Andy is defunct restaurant chains. And I was trying to remember the name. Is Bennigan's on there? Bennigan's is not defunct. Still yeah. exists. Oh, there is. Fact, There's one is, in Ohio, isn't there? In, in fact, is serving some some old steak and ale menu favorites. So where's the Bennigan's? They're, they're there. Uh, so I couldn't I couldn't do Bennigan's. I couldn't do steak and ale, and I couldn't do Kenny Rogers Roasters because they exist in Southeast Asia now. What about Hometown so, Buffet? Is that on there? Uh, it's not Old Country Buffet made it, but. But so I could. There was a Mexican restaurant that is now defunct. I, I had Don. Pa, I have Don Pablo's on the list too. But when the weekend I met my wife, I met her on a Thursday, the Thursday of Memorial Day weekend in two thousand. Uh, we met at a bar, and in a in a thing that I hope my daughter never does. Uh, her friend asked if me and my friend wanted to go with all of the those girls to her aunt's beach house in Daytona Beach for the weekend. And of course, we're like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if my daughter says she's doing that to two guys with, with two guys <laughs> she just met at a bar, uh, I'm I'm putting the kibosh on that. But neither here nor there. Lovely Mexican dinner Friday night. Uh, Howard Jones, no one is to blame, was playing. I was I was trying to make my moves, which clearly ended up working. You know, after almost 22 years of marriage, uh, so I could not remember the name of the restaurant. Could, it was on International Speedway Boulevard. It was right by the racetrack. It was Rio Bravo. I just said, I, I, when we started recording, I, or before we started recording, I said, Mitch, Mitch, name some defunct Mexican restaurants. The first one he comes up with was Rio Bravo. I was like, yes! I spent my 21st birthday there. I was on West End in Nashville. That was my first wow. legal drink. You know, while you guys were just talking, I completely spaced out, and I've been nose deep in uh, Bennigan's oh locations. Where are they? And there's one in Monahans, Texas, which is an oil town. <laughs> Like four hours east of where I or west, I mean, I think we should meet there for yeah. a show. Well, uh, yes, next year, next, and there's next one outside of Amar- day show. Dude, and there's again, one outside of Amarillo, so you can come out to Amarillo. I'll, I'll make you do the steak challenge, and we'll hit a Benny's. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> I love Bennigan's. The Monte Cristo is amazing, but the fact that they are serving steak and ale menu favorites, so I can also get the Kensington Club. Really, just <laughs> I just wonder it, if the food quality will make it feel like it used to. I used to go. Of to course, it won't all the time. Do you know how many Bennigans there are, like in El Salvador and like Dubai <laughs> and <laughs> Cyprus? What are, What are these locations? There's oh, there's a Kenny Rogers Roasters in Dubai now. So, Bro, dude, I got to tell you, coming soon, Bennigans, El Salvador, Guatemala, Pakistan, <laughs> Honduras, and Nicaragua. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't what wait about, till these people discover Dallas? rats. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that Bennigan's is going to be more yeah. popular in the, Pakistan. The, the TGI Fridays <laughs> survived, and Bennigan's did really did not. But if you were the, the if you were the franchise owner of a Benny's, would you put it in Pakistan or Dallas? Well, they, clearly they it's been doing. tried in Dallas yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and failed. So I don't know. I've it never had been its, to Pakistan. It had its maybe, run, good run here, and they're trying elsewhere. Maybe they like clam strips in, in Pakistan. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 
So very <laughs> odd uh, coming soon. Yeah, the so. the, the Bennigans the Bennigans on Bruce B. Downs Boulevard in uh in the New Tampa neighborhood of, of Tampa got a lot of my money in the early two thousands. A lot. That's funny. All right, do we uh is it, is it time to say goodnight? I think it is. I you know I don't know what else is going to happen. I mean, Andy and I have three podcasts we're recording tomorrow, so we'll fill oh in the gaps God. if anything. <laughs> there, there is that. This is true. We're back to Might picking well games, s- though. We're, yeah, we're we, going to pick we, some we, games. And- we, we got the bowl pick ex- extravaganza. Nicole's coming back for that, and uh, we're going to be terribly wrong on most of these. Yeah, games. Western Western Kentucky is beating South Alabama badly right now. It's like twenty four. Uh, well, Austin Austin Reed's back, baby. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, again, I don't want to hear any of you complaining about NIL if Western Kentucky and Tulane can manage to keep their quarterbacks. Austin Reed just threw a pick, as you said that. He, you're a jinx. I jinxed him. They're, you they're know still what? winning big. So. He's a much wealthier guy who just threw a pick. Yeah. I don't know so. if that's his Corvette that he drove onto the field in that video. Or he just got, got a brand new 2006 field. Corvette, and he has a company <laughs> car with That's with not Benny's. 2006. With I will be driving right by Do the Corvette. Do not turn him into Coach Letterman. Austin <laughs> Reed is not Coach Letterman. Yeah. I'll be driving right by the Corvette Museum this or whatever weird it is in Bowling is, Green tomorrow. Oh, my God. Uh, just got to say it. I have used to drive past that Bowling Green Corvette Museum, yeah. and when I was a kid, a baby, I always used to like sit in the back seat, and I'd go, Mommy, Corvette. Like I would like be able to point them out. Uh, Because I really wanted one when I was like three years old, and they always said it was crazy because I could like point out stingrays. Like I knew every (laughs) Corvette even before like I was supposed to know that. So Landis and I were driving to the national championship game in um, in Dallas from Columbus because we're road trip weirdos, and we stopped there because a lot of Olive Gardens on that route. Like I do think that like eventually I'm going to buy a 1969 Corvette Stingray with T tops. Like that's I'm going to get one one day. Because they're actually not that expensive, and I, it's like I've always wanted one. And I was like, Landis, I want to go into this Corvette museum. It's my favorite car of all time, just from since I was a baby. And we walked in, and uh, it, I saw the most beautiful human being I've ever seen in my entire life. So if you still work there, yeah, Landis, <laughs> yeah. Landis is he's, he's quite beautiful. Yeah, time stopped when I saw her. Uh, she was working the front desk. So if you stop at the at the Corvette Museum, will you let me know? Probably won't right? stop with my family tomorrow to check out this. Uh, just see if just she's stop working. in and use the bathroom and see if <laughs> yeah. she's there. Yeah. All right, Ari, why don't you do your thing on the uh, <laughs> Stars Matter podcast? You, uh, that was the yeah. latest edition of Stars Matter. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next week. 